0: Want to hear some inside scoop? If your kids are as ready to go back to school as mine are, you gotta check out Kohl's. I got my daughters the cutest tops for under eighteen bucks, JanSport backpacks for twenty five percent off, and thirty percent off Levi's jeans for me. I even saved an extra fifteen percent and picked up Kohl's cash. So yeah, not sure who's more excited right now—me or the girls. Select styles, fifteen percent off ends August fifteenth. Levi's coupons do not apply. Limited quantities apply. See store Kohl's account for details. And we're back with breaking news. The new Coke Zero Sugar might be the best Coke ever. That's right, Jim. With an improved taste and zero calories, make sure... Jim. Ooh, yes. This tastes like the best Coke ever to me. We're on the air. I need to try it first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Con cero azúcar y ahora mucho más rica. ¿Será que la nueva Coca-Cola Zero Sugar es la mejor de todas? Descúbrela.
1: On this episode... On April 4th of this year, marked 50 years since the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. And talk a little bit about some movies, a little TV. And we'll speak with Demetrius Minor of Generation Opportunity. All this on this upcoming episode of trench Another episode of Trend Chat. I'm your host Brian Bletso. And if you want to connect with us, whether on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, it's all the same name Trend Chat twenty four seven. And I write for Politics. If you want to read some of my articles, just go to politics.com slash author slash Brian Bletso. And don't forget about the book, Politics, a clearing call to political activism, which is available on Barnes and Noble and Amazon. And You know and speaking of of the book you know it's um well i got a facebook notification saying about that it's been about a year since i received my copy of the book which contained my article of going to the republican national convention and it's funny i just didn't think about it being that you know being that long ago so But yeah, just funny sometimes when you come across some of these, um, you know, like Facebook mentions and saying that, hey, it's been a a year since this or five years or whatever like that. So it just as I said, then it's surreal to see my words in a book, (laughs) something I never, ever thought (laughs) I would be doing at all. But I mean, it's. Uh what, two pages or two two and a half pages, but I yeah, I still I didn't expect that. Never never crossed my mind, but it it happened. And like I said, that book is available at Barnes and Noble and Amazon. Yep. Politics are clearing a call to political activism. Get yours today, get five or six copies. So <laughs> So before I um guess get my thoughts about um, the I guess the they had some events that uh, across the country, obviously. I mean, with the fiftieth, I don't like. I guess I don't like saying anniversary or at least some or saying something where it's kind of feel like a some sort of celebration or whatever. Because I mean, we're all talking about marking a time when a man died, you know. With the Martin Luther King Jr. being assassinated and all, so it just—I guess—try to think other ways. Just saying, it's just been—it's been 50 years or something like that. And um, so, obviously, you had a lot of a lot of different events going on on um, April 4th about that. Um, Just, just maybe giving their reflections on his legacy and. Uh, or, or discussions as far as how far have we come since then and wh- what, what he mean for civil rights and, and just and and on and on. And so it's, um, you know, and also anytime, um, we talk about Martin Luther King Jr. Whether it's, um, this past couple of days on April 4th or, Every every year on Martin Luther King's birthday, on you know, whatever anything anytime Martin Luther King comes up, um, especially being a conservative, you always get those memes of talking about um, Martin Luther King was a Republican and or or just or at least was of a Republican leaning and all that and. And then you get to push back the other way, saying, "No, he was ultra liberal," and it goes back and forth. And I know for one thing, I definitely will say is that the people people who always who want to make Martin Luther King Jr. as this staunch Republican or like this ultra conservative at least, or just conservative. I guess I'm gonna say that people are saying he's ultra conservative, but just saying that he would be conservative now I do not agree with that <laughs> because although he may have um, you know said some things that conservatives would like that that is true but if uh, one thing that for me personally that really sticks out is something that is I guess an initiative that um Martin Luther King jr was looking to start right before he was assassinated, so I don't know how I don't know how many people have heard of the poor people's campaign, but um uh, so you know that was if uh, if anybody looks into that that was something that he was looking to to start in sixty eight um and or at least, but soon, uh, like I said, he he was assassinated, um, and so they never really came to fruition. Even though they, they they tried to continue it after his death, but it just didn't really get in traction. And I don't know how many people really know about that. And that just seeing that, that's where I have the thought of where, like, okay, he was. Uh, if he were still, well, he said if he was still living now, but I'm saying if he continued, you know, continue on, if you look at the platform and what the Poor People's Campaign was about, I mean, at least in in this time, if you hear it now and, and read some of the what they were looking to do, it would be no different than what. You know, the Democrat um, platform would be. So that is something that kind of makes me pause when I think about the the notion that um, people want to say that Martin Luther King would have been a Republican or, or something like that right now. So, and, you know, let me just let me give a quote around that time, actually. So, all right, here's a quote from um, Dr. Martin Luther King. I think it is necessary for us to realize that we have moved from the the era of civil rights to the era of human rights. When we see that there must be a radical distribution of economic and political power, then we see that for the last 12 years, we have been in. In a reform movement, and I'm just gonna stop right there. There's more to it. If um you want to read more, just it's uh, poorpeoplescampaign.org, or you can just Google it and find some find it somewhere else. But yeah, poorpeoplescampaign.org. But uh, that I mean, just hearing that right there, I know as conservatives, if you would hear that, uh, you know, read that quote, first thing that probably will pop into your head redistribution. And you know it's then right out that of economic. (laughs) So that first thing right there, redistribution of wealth. That's that's, that what I am getting from it just by reading that. But that's not the only thing. If you go further down and just read the platform, I'm just going to read three. Well, it's only three parts on on this page, but three parts of this platform. I'm just going to read it right quick and see what you think. How You will view this um, platform now thirty billion annual appropriation for the real war on poverty. Two congressional passage of full employment and guaranteed income legislation. You know, in the bracket it says a guaranteed annual wage. And then three construction of five hundred thousand low cost housing units per year until slums were eliminated so those are the three points right there now i know back then in you know 67 68 different times but what i'm saying is that those were the principles that they were going to go forward with if dr king wasn't assassinated so my what i'm saying is that I don't think he would have he would have been as much of a friend to conservatives as as we would want to i guess want to project i guess on and um that's i mean not even talking politically now also when it comes to theology. There are some things, I mean, for me, so, if you don't know, if you've been listening to this show, you ought to know by now, but I'm just say, I'm, you know, I, I would consider myself a conservative, you know, Christian, whether politically and theologically. So, so, there were, when it comes to Dr. King, there was a lot of, you know, liberal theology when it comes to um, how he... How we view God and 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 other things as well. Not gonna get too much into it, but one thing that I definitely i I, that I take from it is that, and not talking about um, Martin Luther King Jr. just anybody in general, is that if your if your theology is liberal. Then 9 times 10, your ideology will be, uh, whether it's, it may not be at first, but your, put it this way, your view, how you see God, and look, regardless of if you don't, even if you don't believe in God, that's still a view of God. So I'm saying, so whatever your view of God is going to influence your life, basically. And so, so, there were some things there that just caused some pause now, I'm saying all of this and but I can totally be grateful for all the things that Dr Martin Luther King jr. did for civil rights have I, I'm totally grateful i mean i'm <laughs> I am directly you know in <laughs> Influenced in what Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. did, so I'm grateful for in what he did socially for this country. So, but at the same time, I also have some you know questions as far as other things that are connected with um, Martin Luther King Jr. and it's, I don't I don't think anything wrong with that, but by me saying that. I'm pretty, anytime somebody even Mentioned any any of this, well, if I mention about the Poor People's Campaign, the Democrats, he'd be like, "See, see, see, he was liberal." So I'm like, "I'm, I never said that he was conservative or, or, or Republican myself. I didn't. I'm just saying that's what I see that about you know I see about this platform, so that just raises questions for me. But um, but then if I mention any all the other things about theology and whatever and and have you know questions or have a problem with with that and all of a sudden oh you just um you are just one of those hateful i don't know you know whatever house inward word or whatever <laughs> just take a pick of whatever insults they can think of but but yeah i say again i definitely am grateful for what he did for civil rights and what, and standing up for people like myself. Definitely. There are plenty of people who you may disagree with, but may totally appreciate what they did in other, other parts of their life. So Dr. Barlet King, just another one where you, where you could feel that way. You don't have to agree with every single thing. Someone you um you are grateful for you don't have to agree with everything they do or like every single thing about them <laughs> so that's that's where i stand on that and and that's just something i i don't know if i, I don't think i've mentioned this before so i just wanted to put this out and actually didn't think i'll going. you know i need to just go and quit saying that i, I didn't think i would be saying that much about a particular subject because every time I say I'm not then I do and so but uh, yeah so I mean like I I say again I definitely am definitely appreciate what he did for for people like myself black man (laughs) you know who knows where we would have been without you know, not only Dr. Martin Luther King, but also others like Rosa Parks and, and other other civil rights leaders at that time. I know another thing. I guess I'm thinking about is that Black Lives Matter definitely wanted to, you know, be want to take up saying that you know Martin Luther King. You know, we're just continuing the legacy of Martin Luther King. That you know, like what Black Lives Matter will say, which I. <laughs> Now, that's one thing I'm pretty sure he wouldn't agree with their methods as far as how they want to get their voices heard. Um, Now, just going back to what I was saying about the Poor People's Campaign. Now, he may have agreed with some of the things that they're that they want, some of the things that they want to uh, want to see changed some of it i'm not i don't know if all of it cuz some some of the stuff they asked for is kind of outrageous <laughs> um uh, and i know one thing i'm pretty sure he would not he i I would think he would have seen the progress a lot the progress of america a lot better than most people are nowadays especially given for where he came from i'm i'm guessing he would have seen that okay we have yeah. Okay. Yes. There's work to be done to keep moving forward, but we have come a long way. As opposed to how people want to frame frame America now to make it seem like we're basically still in the cotton fields as basically as slaves. That's how a lot of a lot of black folks. actually want to make it seem, and I don't think he would agree agree with that now especially from where we are at now so all right that was um that was a lot more than i thought but um before we get to other topics right quick let's um, hear from our friends with the founder project
2: hello trend chat listeners if you like the founding projects civics education video series civics for all ages and our educational meme series We think you will love our new website. Join us at thefoundingproject.com and be a part of the civics movement. The Founding Project is a 501c3 education nonprofit. Please join us today.
1: So, I guess this is the time where we talk about movies. (laughs) But uh, I actually thought I was going to talk about movies first. Then I just went into talking about, you know, yeah, oh well <laughs> but i i think i mentioned last week that i was going to see ready player one and i did and i did again i saw it twice <laughs> it was pretty it was pretty good i really liked it i really yeah i really did like the the movie and um i tell you i would just say this if one one if you like video games you'll like it and if you like 80s references you'll like it now if you like both of them you're gonna really like it (laughs) because it's got it all in there all those little references to the 80s and some 90s references in there and it's and put in this huge world of video games (laughs) and it's just like for me that was fun to watch and the visual effects are just outstanding and it's just um it's kind of one of those things where i I haven't obviously all the movies haven't been released yet i mean it is april but as of right now i would not be surprised that ready player one is nominated for like an oscar for its visual effects if anything else maybe uh, who knows it depends on what um avengers Infinity war how it looks and um there's plenty of other movies coming out <laughs> now, you know it's funny i'm thinking about um uh christopher robin <laughs> i wanted to play i was talking about this but christopher robin which is basically winnie the pooh <laughs> i saw the trailer for that i was like i can't believe they're making a winnie the pooh movie and it's like a live action movie it's not animated it, well the bear is but <laughs> it's uh yeah wow talk about taking me back to my childhood but um I yeah i i can imagine wow i'm gonna feel really weird going to watch that movie <laughs> I'm grown man walking <laughs> watch the movie about winnie the pooh but um but yeah i, I i'll do it though <laughs> i'll try to sit away from everyone i just don't just don't want to be like yeah this creepy guy but then again anyway <laughs> Speaking of that, you know, all these movies are coming to my mind because, like, Incredibles two is finally coming out. I mean, that's—I've been waiting for that. That's an animated movie, and I love the Incredibles. And now, the Incredibles two is coming out. I'm just like, wow, what a time to be alive. <laughs> but um, I mean, you got Avengers coming out, Incredibles two, and all this year, so. Yeah. Also, speaking about the Avengers, we are going to have the episode talking about the Avengers coming, you know, before the movie comes out. Kind of like what we did with Star Wars. So, yeah, it's gonna be another geek moment <laughs> for me. <laughs> kinda like what I'm doing right now, actually. And to continue going on that in that trend, <laughs> actually, I think the news was today was um Amazon, kind of, you know. Speaking of Amazon, don't forget to get the book "Political Chicks of Clam Call" the political activism, which is available on Amazon. But also on Amazon is um, uh, <laughs> will be Lord, well, the Lord of the Rings will be a, if I remember, well, a five season series on Amazon, which will, uh, they spent two hundred and fifty million dollars <laughs> to. I guess to get the right, so that's how much it's going to be to make but wow oh yeah that so i mean i never i don't think i've watched anything on amazon if i actually and yeah, that might be the first i, mean, I definitely like the movies i watched all three of the lord of the rings even the extended versions and all the hobbit movies as well you know it also kind of going back to uh, Ready Player One too, because I remember last week I talked about Wrinkle in Time, where like both of these movies are uh, based off of books, Wrinkle in Time and also Ready Player One. With Wrinkle in Time, I feel like they left out components in the book, um, you know, they left out you know parts in the book that should have been in the movie to explain things a little a little more, where you kind of felt a little lost watching a wrinkle in time where you didn't really understand why certain things are going on. And I felt like those things are probably explained in the book. Contrast that with ready player one, which is based off a book where I could see there were things by watching the movie. There are things that probably could be expanded on by reading the book, but I didn't feel like, i don't know what's going on because i didn't read the book if you get what i'm saying so but so i guess it's just kind of like a i guess it's just a kind of uh i guess a balancing act in in a way of kind of how much of the book you want to put in there or or, you know because you can't put it all in there the movie will be like six hours long so if you did that so but I think how they did it on Ready Player One and how they um, used the book and put the movie, how they did it was a lot better than how um, Wrinkle in Time was done. So, all right. that was, that was the movie talk. And well, that's that wasn't like movie because now we're going to go to entertainment talk actually. Because I talked about a movie and a TV series and now I'm about to even get even more geeky. <laughs> On you before we get to our interview with Demetrius Minor, because you know, I don't know how how many of you are listening or are wrestling fans. I don't know, but I am. <laughs> I've been a wrestling fan since. Let me see. I'm I got a shirt on, <laughs> a wrestling shirt because well I'll say why, but this says 1992, so I have probably been like 1990, <laughs> so. I've been a wrestling fan for, for yeah for that long. Um, there were a couple of times where I just well I wasn't watching for a year or two, but for the most part, I've been watching wrestling since then, off and on. Put it that way. And um, but one thing I definitely always make sure to watch is uh WrestleMania, which is this Sunday. And I, you know, for for me, I, I I'm always. Like around this time, I'm always, you know, getting ready to watch what's what's going to happen on WrestleMania, and it's just it's just great fun for me. <laughs> it, it's been it's fun only fun from, from the sense of where when I was a kid, as far as just getting caught up in all the matches and just the spectacle of it all, and to now where even still enjoying the 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 athleticism of the of the athletes, you know, out there, you know. On on the mat and what they do in the ring is still, you know, it's great to see and how precise and how <laughs> how good they are at their job, and and it's not only what they do in the ring; it's also everything surrounding it with the production and how things are presented. It's just all of it is just, I, it, it's great entertainment, and it just. I would say it's, it's entertainment, just like any other entertainment. It's, I don't know why some people like what, when you talk about wrestling, like oh, I can't believe you watch wrestling. Well, I mean, you watch movies, and I just talked about a movie. It's no different than that. <laughs> it's all entertainment. So, so let me not get on my horse trying to defend <laughs> trying to defend wrestling to you, but you know, I just just want to mention that. You know just basically for myself honestly honestly by talking about the last two things i kind of felt like i just really been talking to myself even though that's basically what i'm always doing but i'm just saying i feel like it just i'm just talking to me <laughs> right now so now let's get to <laughs> to some other content <laughs> and before we talk with demetrius minor let's hear another word from my friends with the founder project
2: Hello to fans of Trend Chat and Brian Bledsoe. The Founding Project, an education nonprofit dedicated to civics, invites you to visit our brand new website. Visit us at thefoundingproject.com. Be a part of the civics movement with The Founding Project. The Founding Project is a 501c3 education nonprofit. Please join us today.
1: So, uh we talked with Demetrius uh, Minor from Generation Opportunity and we're just gonna get right into it and we're you know this is basically about what has been going on in Florida and not only just Florida but in in general in the colleges when we're talking about free speech uh free speech zone zones. Man, I just noticed saying free speech zone is kinda difficult. That's something I should have practiced saying. But uh free speech zones is something that's been going on in these colleges where you know you put people in a zone in a little area where they can exercise their free speech. That is, I mean, if if I can't have my free speech in this in this little area, so it's not really free speech. I mean, you constrict you are constricting me in you know, so anyway, they led the charge in Florida and trying to get these um zones, you know, done away with or at least modified. So here's our interview with Demetrius Minor talking about um uh, talking about those free speech zones.
3: Hey Brian, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Now
4: one thing I've heard not only talking politically, even as as a Christian myself and having people that want to do any sort of, you know, any sort of out open air preaching or anything like that. They are they're restricted right. to these, and so tell everyone basically where where do these free speech zones even started from?
3: Free speech zones, uh, from my from my recollection, they existed a, a little bit prior to uh, the presidency of George W. Bush, uh, as far as first uh, becoming visible and getting uh, media traction. But I, I think they first start coming to light; people start becoming more aware around 2005 well let me say this prior to that any major political convention for example the republican national convention or the democrat uh, national convention they will have designated protest though so what they would do is in order for the convention not to be uh, upended or disrupted or to for them to stave off any type of embarrassment they will allow protesters, but they will be, there was a designated area for them to be. And that goes back to the 1988 and the 90s, just, just for some historical context here. But in reference to free speech zones on college campuses, there's an incident in December of 2005. I believe it was a, a libertarian group at a college, to be more exact, the University of North Carolina in Greensboro. And they, they wanted to protest and yet they only had a designated area on that uh, particular campus. And so thus begins the debate and the awareness of these, quote, unquote, free speech zones.
4: Okay. So uh, so I'm guessing uh, from, from what you're saying, so from these conventions, you know, whether it's a Republican or Democrat, the these college, you know, college and universities took that idea from those conventions to the campuses?
3: Well, one can say that. Um, you know, a lot of these campuses uh, saw that they had uh, different groups or different organizations that uh, had, uh, quote, unquote, controversial content or uh, and, and not just that, but, you know, many faculty members or whatnot wanted them to express themselves, and they tried to find that balance of free expression in, not bring in disruption to their to their lecture or, or classroom, or what be it. But uh, however, it is unconstitutional to, on the outside area of a campus, um, to designate a spot where one can express their freedom of speech. So that and, and thus against the the fight for liberty that um, conservatives have been enrolled in uh, for quite some time.
4: So um, do you have any 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 more examples as far as what, um, how that affected college students as far as wanting to express themselves on campus?
3: Sure, absolutely. um in the state of Florida, just for example, there was a faculty member who had an art depiction of President Trump, and that person was asked to remove it because they deemed it as inappropriate they deemed it as controversial, and so they were they were asked to remove that, and that, were, <laughs> that was here at Polk State University here in, in Florida. And FIRE, which is the Foundation for uh, Individual Rights in Education, uh, they found that the University of Florida is has a 97% rating in free speech, in, the, in allowing the expression of free speech. But the majority of colleges, such as Florida State University and others, fell well below that green rating. And what what that means is that there were multiple violations and reports of students having their rights infringed upon. So so from
4: all that that has been going on that has negatively affected people from freely expressing themselves on campus, so what kind of came out of that as far as, like, people trying to combat it? trying to do something about it.
3: Absolutely. Uh, So what came out of that is that the Florida legislature passed a higher education bill. Attached within this higher education bill uh, was an amendment called the Campus-Free Expression. And, Brian, what this does is it eliminates free speech zones on college campuses for public universities. And also, if – a student feels that their First Amendment rights is being infringed upon, that student can take a cause of action against the university. So the hope is that the university will take seriously the Constitution and their obligation to defend it and protect it and to also make the student feel compelled enough and make the student feel safe. Not, not, not just safe, I'm not talking about physically safe, Constitutionally safe that they don't have to worry about facing backlash if they express a certain point of view or a certain perspective. Hey, so when did it start? Sorry, there's a back. There's a backstory to this. And it went through quite, uh, quite a process. So the Campus Free Expression Act, first of all, uh, was a uh, total bill by itself, and it started off as HB 909. And it was making its way through the House. And then when it came to the Florida Senate, it was actually killed in the Florida Senate Judiciary Committee. It was voted against six to four. But what happened was um, the higher education bill was a huge priority of the Senate president. So the Senate president allowed for the amendment to be attached to the higher education bill and thus the reason for its passage. And after it passed the Florida House and Senate, Florida Governor Rick Scott signed it into law. Okay. And so now free speech zones, free speech zones on college campuses in Florida is now a thing of the past.
4: And this was enacted when? You said? March of this year. March of this year. Okay. So right. now, given the the people that put this in place, I'm pretty sure they not just Going to take this line down. So, are they already trying to find loopholes or, or whatnot, and and still trying to, inst, you know, institute these free speed zones in any way they can?
3: Well, the bill, the bill has just became, has just become law in Florida. And uh, it's fairly new. We haven't seen any lawsuits or any um, counteraction against it. Now, the left is very predictable. They will try to find ways to find loopholes and, and try to land a counterpunch. But we're pretty confident that this is something that's going to benefit all students across the Sunshine State. And should the left want to infringe upon the constitutional rights given to every American, We will be prepared for that battle.
4: Now, see, that's one thing I don't really understand because we're talking about free speech, so this shouldn't be a partisan issue. This should very well be, you know, a good thing for if you're on the left or on the right. So it kind of breaks down that whole facade of where they're making all these rules, not so much to think that they're, you know, protecting, you know, people's feelings or whatever like that, but it feels like it just really kind of, taking the mask off where, now really these rules and regulations are being made to target conservative voices.
3: I, you're absolutely right. I also do want to point out that this Campus Free Expression Act that's passed here in the state of Florida, uh, this is nothing new. Um, there's other states that have passed the bill as well. To be more specific, states like Virginia, Missouri, Arizona, Kentucky, Colorado, Utah, North Carolina, and I think Tennessee, uh, if I'm not mistaken, and, and so, and we're not hearing of any backlash against it. We're not hearing of lawsuits. We're not hearing about how the system failed as law legislation. And so, slowly but surely, more states in the union are are stepping up to the plate in defending students' free speech. And here's the thing that is so hypocritical about the left. You know, the left tells us that people deserve a choice, and the left tells us that people. You know they should uh, have the right to live whatever lifestyle they want to live, choose whatever gender you want to choose, and so they, they they want to ram those expectations and the and that belief and that ideology down our throat. But yet when we want to stand up and when we want to say, well, we see things differently, or we we have a different set of beliefs, you know, and, and that's and that's when they get extreme, and, and that's when they get vile, and that's when they get vicious, become vicious, <laughs> and so. Fine, parents send their children off to college for them to be able to establish themselves uh, professionally, mentally. How do you do that? You do that through the exchange of different ideas, ideologies, beliefs, perspectives. You allow yourself to become mature enough and an adult enough to be able to debate, to be able to discuss, and to be able to understand and listen to people who have a different perspective than you. And so free speech is not about agreeing with the content of what's being said. It's agreeing with the ability and the right to say whatever is being said and knowing and believing that that person is going to have enough maturity and enough knowledge to make a decision for themselves.
4: So, um, so I, I heard you mention that about other states that have, well, similar legislation going on. Um, do you know of any other Legislation that maybe is in process right now um, in other states?
3: I do know that states um, such as Ohio and North or South Dakota, one of those, um, are trying to get this legislation passed as well. I know that um, um, South Dakota or North Dakota, I cannot remember which one, ran into some difficulty. But I know those are two states who are also trying to jump on board. I think it's only a matter of time before this becomes a nationwide effort.
4: Okay. Well, you know, one thing we haven't really mentioned is about Generation Opportunity itself. Tell everyone, yeah. you know, what, what is Generation Opportunity?
3: I'm glad you're asked. Generation Opportunity is a nonpartisan grassroots movement that seeks to advocate for policies that benefit young people and students. So we heavily believe in, the, in free market principles and capitalism. We're We're against things such as corporate welfare, um free obviously free speech zones and, and so we're advocating for policies that even the playing field and that offers equal opportunities to young people and students to take advantage of to enhance their careers and their lives
4: with a generation opportunity you are the coalition's director so i, I guess tell us a little for bit right, about about that florida. job
3: yeah sure I, I serve as director of coalitions for generation opportunity florida uh, and basically, my role is to represent the brand. And so um, doing media appearances such as um, coming on your show, for which I'm thankful for, going to different events, clubs, meetings, organizations, discussing policy, dis- discussing our recent legislative wins, and just getting the word out there of what generation opportunity stands for, what we've accomplished in regards to the Florida session, and and making students more aware. That there is a grassroots movement out there that's working and advocating for them on their behalf.
4: Now, is it uh, like a national organization? It is. Okay, uh, in all so um, in all fifty states and everything like that. I mean, is it something where you have chapters in college campuses or or what? Yes,
3: we have so we have various chapters in and, and states and and actually for for more information. You can go to um, www.generationopportunity.org, and there you will find out how to get involved, how to um, volunteer, how to become engaged, the issues, the platform that we stand on, and things of that nature.
4: Well, you just answered half of my next question, so the other half was, uh, where can everyone meet you um,
3: on social media? Absolutely. They can find me on Facebook, Demetrius Minor, or you can also follow me on Twitter, I'm located at D Minor 85, and you can also drop me an email if you have any questions, concerns, ideas. Um, I'm always looking um, to engage with other individuals. You can email me at D Minor, that's D M I N O R, at GenOp, G E N O P P, dot org. And also, Generation Opportunity. Yes, you can find Generation Opportunity at Twitter. It's at GenOp, and also florida is at Genop sl all right demetrius thanks so much for your time hey thank you so much for having me brian i appreciate
1: it yep and thanks to demetrius for joining us and that's it for this week (laughs) and don't know as always as far as who we'll have on next week but we're working on it and until next week we'll chat with you later
0: If your kids are as ready to go back to school as mine are, you gotta check out Kohl's. I got my daughters the cutest sew-tops for under eighteen bucks. Jansport backpacks for twenty five percent off, and thirty percent off Levi's jeans for me. I even saved an extra fifteen percent and picked up Kohl's cash. So yeah, not sure who's more excited right now—me or the girls. Select styles, fifteen percent off ends August fifteenth. Levi's coupons do not apply. Some exclusions apply. See store Kohl's account for details.